This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American Chicken Tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner. Um, Midtown Alliance Best Taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am. Um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today. Um, all right. I think that's everything we can get into today's episode. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Welcome back to the Chase Thomas podcast. We're recording this episode Wednesday afternoon uh, in Atlanta in the house. Uh, just like on Monday where Noah was upstairs hiding out. Duncan is actually like 45 feet away from me, give or take. Um, but we are one mic short of being able to do the in-person pods again. But that will that will change soon. But uh, for right now, this will have to work. And I think it'll be fine. Don't you think so, Dunk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've done it before. It's kind of like funny. like, But uh, I, th- I think it's all right. I feel weird like that I can hear you on the phone and through the walls because this house is fucking paper thin. <laughs> but it's all good. Can you really hear me? I can hear your echo. You're loud. You're you're really loud. Like I know you try to be silent, but like you're fucking loud. Am I? Do I speak louder on the microphone, or just in general, or do I walk louder? Because I, I seem to have both qualities. Bro, you 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 just a loud ass person. Like for real. Like <laughs> I can hear you like walk out like in the shower, like pause. But like for real, like it's <laughs> kind of wild what was that thing um i think you retweeted it or cola did one of y'all did about was it 
who was it Shaq or something he's the first person what was that thing on inside the nba you saw that where he's like the first he rolls over in the morning what was that or nas it was something about nas the first thing he sees in the oh morning no it was chuck. Was like, chuck said that shit chuck was like yo that man wakes me that my man wakes me up every morning <laughs> and Shaq said, what <laughs> That was like a perfect pause moment, and this man Chuck just kept rolling with it. I was like, "Bro, pause!" <laughs> like that's all I can say, bro. Yeah, like that shit. That uh, shit got real, real sketchy on Chuck's thing. I was like, "What the fuck does that mean, bro?" Hey, I mean, you're the one who also just said that me getting out of the shower every morning wakes you up. You know when I get out of the shower? No, I'm saying when I'm in the shower, I can hear you open the door. Like it's that loud. Oh, okay. I was like, why? Interesting. And I'm always like, why the fuck is this dude opening this door this loud? Like, where do you have to be? And it's just making <laughs> I don't know why. I it's, it's never intentional. None of my weird-ass quirks are intentional. Yeah, which is, which is outstanding. Because it, it's, it's, like, so noticeable to everyone who lives here. And you just don't notice it, which is crazy to me. I'm a mole rat. What can I say? Um... But you know, maybe by I don't even think that I don't even think that reference goes with that at all. But okay, all right, that makes sense. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, so I'm just first off happy we're able to do NFL pods with you again. Um, I think we'll be able to figure something out uh, for the summer and the draft um, and everything else going into the new year uh, with your work schedule. That's part of the reason for people who are curious as to what happened to Henny Dunk down the stretch his work schedule changed and uh he is at his secret day job um crazy hours and we were not able to record down the stretch but i think uh i don't know i think on wednesdays during the off season during the day um because i'm off on wednesdays you're you don't go until later on wednesdays i think right. uh, this is something that we could do right i think we could find our groove again this this yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah i mean like, we definitely could we just gotta make sure the time's right and everything like that like right now is perfect because Aiden, all that stuff, but yeah, working nights has been uh, been a, a odd acclimation, but I think I got it at this point. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, speaking of things that might be all right, the Dallas Cowboys, a team that you're very interested in, that you're familiar oh, with, that uh, absolutely. They so they have the fifth most most cap space in the NFL right now. They have a lot of impending free agents. They've drafted really well. They paid Jalen. They have um, just a lot of guys locked up on the roster, but they also have a lot of interesting holes that they're going to have to delve into this offseason, both through the draft and also through free agency. But a lot of that's going to dictate uh, what they do in uh, the in, in respect to Dak, Byron Jones, and Amari Cooper. Um, they have the cap base to, I think, keep all of them if they really wanted to do it. Um, it would li- limit their possibilities adding a lot of external ca- uh, talent uh, and free agency. But from your perspective, how would you are, are you worried at all that the can- that the Cowboys are not handling um, the Cooper, Dak, Byron Jones free agency the best the way they could? Well, honestly, I'm kind of pissed because like they haven't been handling the cap situation well for the past. Uh, I want to say three or four years that I can foreseeably see. Like as far as the DAG regime goes, their cap room, their their handling of free agents has been completely awful. Because uh they keep trying to put these guys on provers deals. But the thing is, since you draft well, they're proving it. So like with your franchise quarterback, he's obviously gonna prove it because who else you got? You got Cooper Rush. I mean the guy's won two divisions. 
with Byron Jones. Uh, I mean, he's going to get lost in translation, obviously, but that was obviously something that was going to happen anyway. The Marcus Lawrence, they paid too late. Uh, they paid Jalen Smith way too early. Uh, Zeke, they folded shop on, and they should have signed him when he asked to be signed about a year and a half ago. So, I mean, they're just kind of late to the punch on everything, and it's causing issues now. But as far as Dak goes, I mean, they they don't – Dak just because of Dak and Amari's deal and what those numbers are going to have to be just because of what the market dictates, Byron Jones is not going to be there. I already got information that Byron Jones already knows where he signed it, and I don't think it's Dallas. Are you worried about that? Do you want Byron Jones back? Uh, no, because I think if you go into the draft and you get Jeff Kuda from Ohio State, they literally do the same things. Like, so Byron Jones isn't really good at takeaways. The Dallas defense as a whole isn't good at takeaways at all right now. They, we don't have any ball hawks or anything like that, which is something I hope Mike Nolan is really going to fix. But Jeff Jeff Akuda is literally a Byron Jones. He doesn't get any pass interferences. He doesn't let people touch the ball. He not pass the balls down, everything like that. He's a very disciplined player. Um, I mean, he's younger, which is going to have to is going to be an issue just because he's going to have to get acclimated to the game. But if Byron Jones was a takeaway king, like a ball hawk like that, I would be more inclined to want to keep him. But uh, it's just not going to work out for Byron Jones. Well, it is going to work out for Byron Jones. He's a he's on track to be the highest paid corner in the league next year. So things are working out. It just won't work out in Dallas. So your target is basically keep Cooper, franchise Dak, let Byron walk. Is that is that right? No, the, my plan is what Amari Cooper really wanted was sign Dak, franchise Amari. Oh. And then, yeah, like let him go on another prove it. And if you can sign him, which they should be able to sign both because they have the fifth most cap, cap salary space. The only problem is like, the only problem is they can't keep all three. That was, but that was always something Dallas and, and analysts always knew that Byron Jones was always going to get lost in that in that whole situation. I just don't think Akuda is going to be there. Like it seems like he's been typecast as Darius Slay's replacement in Detroit, and that there's a real possibility he goes number three. Um, at the very least, he's going very early in the draft by all indications. Like he's the first corner taken. It seems like. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you never know what Darius Jones can do. Like make a trade, make some things happen. But I mean, there's just a lot of things that can happen before now in the draft, and then if. If Troy tries to take Tua or something like that, it throws everything into uh, into a weird kind of flux there. So uh, I'm just not – I just know, like, Aaron Jones is not the plan. And, unfortunately, it's because Jerry Jones didn't make that Dak deal early enough, the Zeke deal early enough, the Demarcus Lawrence deal early enough, because if he made him on track, Demarcus Lawrence isn't making $100 million. He's more, making more like 85 to 90, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it takes down the cap space a little bit, like on millions. And then if – Jerry had signed Dak before Jared Goff and Car- and Carson Wentz. He would be signing the deal that Jerry wants him to sign right now, which is is about eight million guaranteed less than what Dak is asking for now, which could help the team greatly. Zeke, if they had signed him before those uh, running back deals that got going, like it's significantly less. And then you have about ten ten to twelve million dollars in cap space right there that could have went to Byron Jones that they just missed out on completely. Yeah, I um, I wonder too with them leaking because it was clearly the Cowboys that leaked that they gave him this new contract offer. Um, oh, for in sure. The last couple of days, and I wonder if you're Dak, you're kind of like it's it's gone on for so long now that you might start to develop some uh, less than ideal feelings towards the Jones family. Do you think if you're Dak right now, you're you're a little pissed off at what they're doing? 
Oh, absolutely. Like, you got to be pissed just because of everything they've asked you to do, you've done. Like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, coming in, like, you were there to be the backup and stuff like that. You literally overplayed your contract, and they're looking for this hometown discount. But he's made $4 million total in the NFL, and, and they could have signed him after his third year, like, right after the season ended and got things going. But they just allow things to persist, and I would be annoyed and – the thing is, like, if they franchise tag him, he has a lot of leverage in the situation. He can not show up, and he can wait till after the draft to say that decision. So it puts Jerry Jones in a bind. Like, he can be uh, annoyed and pissed all he wants to, but he really has the Cowboys where he wants them. And uh, I think uh, I think the situation is just going to work out well for him. Like, he's they just got to realize he's not taking any pay cuts. So when you look at the Cowboys roster going into next year. For them to get back uh, into the playoffs and be atop of the NFC East, what are you looking at uh, position-wise? What what do they need? Uh, the thing is, I of course it would have to be like a cap thing, cap situation. But I think they they went for what they needed. Like Gary Jones has a habit of whatever his trade, whatever trades that he's looking at, those are the guys he needs the most. Like him going after Jamal Adams last year. If he hadn't made that trade happen, I think that would have put some things over the top. Like, we just need the ball hawk. Yeah, that's the real thing. And the thing is about Jamal Adams, he wants to be in Dallas. He just has to, just because the trade went through, he has to say, I wanted to be a Jet my whole life. But when that whole thing was going on, you remember there was this whole social media frenzy about Jamal Adams, like, not wanting to be there, having bad blood with Adam Gase and that front office and everything like that. So that's the guy that they need. I mean, while he's on his rookie deal, I just don't know what would happen after that rookie deal. So, yeah, I um, I don't know. It seems like their offensive line is going to be fine. Zeke's going to be fine. Dak's gonna gonna be fine. Cooper will be back. I wonder if they need a little bit. I mean, I guess the tight end spot is interesting there. Um, I, I think with yeah, that- obviously, I I wonder if they would go tight end early in the draft, like the Claypool option from Notre Dame. He had a really good uh, combine and he shot up a lot of people's draft boards into round two, round three. I wonder if they targeted tight end early in Dallas. I I don't think that would be a bad thing to do. Um, Give Dak more underneath weapons because that's where he's most comfortable anyway. Um, I would like those mismatch options. It's kind of like the Eric Ebron and the the Ingram stuff. I I really like that decision too, but like – I think it was uh, if you're going to go that way, I would honestly keep Jason Witten and clear out the rest of that room because Blake Jarwin is okay, but for some reason he only plays good against the Giants, and like that's cool that you like that's two wins a year, but that's just not enough. And Jason Witten has he literally proved that he can do the things that he's always done. He's slow as shit still, but he still gets open, and I like the idea of having like a coach in the room training up another guy that you can get in the draft. And also, that offensive line is still nice. I mean, it's not the best in football by any means anymore, but I think they need to get, like, make some, maybe another pass rusher to help out Demarcus Lawrence. And then uh, their linebacking core is great as long as Van Der Esch is great, as long as Van Der Esch is healthy. But if they just get some ball hawks, another pass, pass rusher, a tight end, I think that's all they really need. And keep Randall Cobb, obviously. Mm. So you want to keep Cobb? Oh, yeah, I love Randall Cobb. Aside from the drops of him and Amari, everything else, like, as long as they, like, can learn how to not knock the ball in the air to get an easy interception, I love Randall Cobb. He knows how to get in between zones and get in that sweet spot. They had a really good rapport early, and he's also played with Mike McCarthy before, so I think he's going to learn how to work well and 
Like they're going to use the same offensive system, but Mike McCarthy and Randall Cobb kind of know how to think it, think the same type of way. And Randall Cobb's a good leader, and he can kind of translate some of the messages that Dak maybe can't translate to the team. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess this is going to be fascinating too with the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy and how much of an imprint he's going to put on the offense and how much of it's still going to be Callum Moore's show. Are you at all worried that it's just going to change a little bit too much and that there might be a regression on offense with the, with the change? Oh, so the thing is, like, they're not really changing the system at all. They're still keeping Callum Moore's system in place. They're just changing some of the terminology. So just because you kind of have to do that when you progress in, in an offense just because people are going to catch on and like uh, your signal calls are like when you're audibling and stuff like that, like some of that stuff just has to change just to keep the defense honest and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's still going to be Kellen Moore's system. Mike McCarthy's already like come out and said like, he's this is the first time he's going to commit to learning another system aside from the West coast thing. Cause if you remember that's, that's all Mike McCarthy really knows is that West coast offense. So, I just think this is a. Uh, I think they're going to progress more just because there's going to be more continuity between Kellen and Dak and Dak and Amari and Dak and Randall Cobb and just the offense all around. They just and but like the, another thing is they can still get another receiver in the draft because this draft is actually very receiver heavy. But and it just doesn't have to be in the first round, first or second round. They can go third, fourth, or whatever. So Michael Gallup was a second or third round pick and he panned out really well. So. I think they got some good things to look forward to as far as offense goes. It's just defense. That's my only issue with the Cowboys. We have to talk about Peyton now. I love talking about Peyton. I don't understand. I, I know. I don't understand this. Explain to me your – I understand Noah's a little bit, but explain to me the, the Peyton obsession and why you want him on Monday Night Football so bad. I think he's the best quarterback ever. That's why. Oh, well. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I literally think he's the most cerebral quarterback we've ever seen in the NFL ever. I, I mean, I can't go there. And he literally changed the Colts franchise. Like, he's the best quarterback that they have ever had. And he makes – you know how good Peyton is? People actually think the Colts organization is a good organization now. That's how good Peyton was. Because other than Johnny Unitas – and Peyton Manning has been an absolute travesty. Except for those wow, no few respect for Jim Sorgi, Curtis Painter, Jim Harbaugh. I want to say nope. Jeff George at some point. I mean, you know who stole Harbaugh's job, right? Yeah. Same yeah, it's Peyton. But so. I just, why do you, I guess what's interesting. So I was talking to Brett Myers of um, Sports Illustrated, uh, excuse me, Gary Myers of Sports Illustrated last week. And we were talking about his book, Brady versus Manning. And it is, um, it's a really good book. I've had it for a while, but it, he, he talked about the difference between like the personalities of Peyton off screen and Tom Brady off screen in that Brady seems like someone who would be more standoffish and kind of have that all business all the time demeanor, uh, just with how dedicated he's been to his craft and being where he is and being 43 and keeping his body in incredible shape. But it was actually more Peyton who was standoffish and very protective of his brand and was very reluctant to talk to him and only gave him like five minutes and like a side hallway. And Peyton, he sniffed around running for Senate in Tennessee, I want to say. Like he's very buddy-buddy with Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland. He has a lot of different business ventures. I Politics, I do feel like, is eventually going to be his thing at some point. I just, 
I'm not entirely sure Peyton is going to be great in the booth. I'm not sure. And this is even a maybe a stronger take for me. I think Philip Rivers will no. be better in the booth than Peyton Manning. Uh, I mean, it just depends on what kind of personality you like. Well, honestly, it's it's more Also, of, Eli. Uh, I would take Eli over Peyton, I think. Uh, no, you wouldn't. But I, nice try, but no, you wouldn't. But like, the thing <laughs> is, like, when you first enter that type of situation and stuff like that, nobody knows how well you're going to do. Like, that's why he's getting paid this amount of money. Like, he's looking at getting paid that amount of money to be in the booth because it's based off potential when you first get in there. Because if you think about Tony Romo, like, they weren't paying Tony Romo more than, more so than really anybody else. They weren't even going to pay him as much as they were going to pay Peyton at that time either. So, I mean, it just it's really based off your resume as a player and it translates to the booth. Once you get in the booth, then you have to prove yourself and then like the money may follow or it may dissipate depending on how well you do. But I mean, it's, it's definitely a crapshoot, but I just can't see anybody. He's not going to be as uh, charismatic as Tony Romo, obviously, but he's going to teach you more about the game than you, you ever wanted to know. Like a lot of people ever wanted to know, cause he's going to know, the X's and O's of everybody. He has literally played every team in this league multiple times and every defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, every quarterback and everything like that. He knows them down to a T. So, I mean, I don't see how he would do bad unless people just didn't don't like learning football. But you just never know. Like, it just depends. I mean, he's still going to be paid regardless as long as they meet whatever demands he wants. But your other stuff about Peyton, I, I really could care less because – yeah, he's a standoffish guy, but, like, I mean, he grew up rich. Like, a lot of people are, like, standoffish and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of them kind of walk kind of smug and stuff like that. I mean, it's not not any reason to, but, I mean, he's uh, he was number one overall pick. He's the best athlete in his family. I mean, he knows to keep things to the vest because we don't have any scandals about Peyton except for the injury. And even with that, we didn't know anything until the end. And uh, I think that's the smarter way to go about it because once you let the media in, everything kind of just uh, goes a little too crazy. And Peyton likes to be in control if you can't tell by his play on the yes. field. So, I mean, he's literally just being himself. Like, Tom is a different scenario. Tom was a six-rounder. Tom really wasn't even supposed to make the, the team. But he's thankful and he's appreciative. He's kind of like uh, a guy coming out of poverty, even though he didn't either. Like, he knows – there's a good chance he wasn't even supposed to be on the roster. Like there's a good chance. There was a better chance at the time of Tom Brady signing first with the Patriots on that team that we were never going to see the Brady that we saw. There was a greater chance of that than what happened to his career. And, and And I think Tom Brady just thinks about that every day. And I think that's what ultimately just drives him to do all those things. With Peyton, that's not really it. This was the expectation for him. Peyton Manning was always supposed to be one of the greatest ever. That's fair. I just, I don't know. I'm just not certain that it's a slam dunk. Do you think Al Michaels and NBC's come out saying that they're not interested in trading Al Michaels to ESPN? Um, do you think Al Michaels is a must, or do you think Peyton can can thrive with anyone? Can Joe Tessitore and Peyton save Monday Night Football? Uh, Joe Tessitore, no. But I think it depends on whatever Peyton's demand is. If Peyton Manning said, if I don't have Al Michaels, I'm not coming, then yeah, it's a must, but it's all, it's, it's Peyton Manning's world. Like as far as that thing goes, and it always has been because he's already turned them down before. Like he turned the reason, like some of that whole Monday night crew thing started 
this terrible Monday night crew we have is because Peyton Manning and Brett Favre turned it down, turned it down. Like Brett Favre just destroyed his interview, which doesn't make sense because I think he would be a better choice over Peyton, Phillip Rivers, honestly, anybody else they could bring, bring, especially like they were talking about Gronk, but I really he think he would have been the So that's, uh, that's out. Yeah. So it's out. Yeah. I mean, it's been out for years, but like he was, he was like the, honestly the best pick. He's the most fun guy to listen to. He can crack a joke. He's very charismatic. Him and anybody, anybody on staff, he was going to make great TV. But that Monday Night Crew is 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 going to be temporary until they get the star and a good commentator going along with it. I don't think Sean McDonough was bad. I don't. I think he got kind of a raw deal. I think he's better than Joe Tess, and I probably would like if I could book. I mean, I'm surprised too that they're not really going after Joe Buck. Joe Buck's gotten so damn good, and Aikman's kind of falling off a little bit for me that if you could pair Joe Buck with Peyton. I think that would actually be more interesting to me. But I think also if you're going to do the three man booth, which I think ultimately is a thing, I Pat McAfee's got to be the Peyton sideshow. Like if you want to keep Peyton interesting and on his toes and engaged I like that. and actually like kind of funny, Pat McAfee's I got to be involved. I think no matter what, they've got to include Pat McAfee I, in the booth. I actually, like that i think that would honestly be the the secret recipe for success for them because like i mean obviously Peyton could be a little dry at times just because of his his attitudes towards everything but i think pat pat has been known to bring that out of like guys like him and venetary so i think that should be a package deal and, and then anybody you pair with that can work out well just as long as it's not jason Witten. yeah that did uh like that did not go well no, he's an outstanding cowboy. He's a great football player. He should be a coach, but him and like him, him being in the booth, like him, for example, like I honestly thought that was a good idea, but because like, who knows better, who knows more football than somebody who splits through zones and everything like that and continues to get open long after their speed is gone. But when you see him on TV, it was just horrendous. It was just awful to watch. It was just very uncomfortable. It looked like he was going to like, I, I don't want to say like, like take advantage of Tessator from the rest of the guys. It just looked weird every time he got like excited. He crunched down in the suit, looked like it was about to do some incredible Hulk type shit. And it was just like, it was just bad all around. I think the biggest thing too, before they even get to the announcers thing, they need to announce that they're making the move back to ABC. Like if they're back to ABC, I think the production's better. I think it just feels like a bigger deal. Like part of the reason that Sunday Night Football on NBC is just so much better in Monday Night Football is the presentation like they the build up and before Dan Patrick left you had the Dan Patrick start off with Dungy and Harrison and now it's like what Tariko I think but I I think you have to move it back to ABC it has to be on net like there's obviously more viewers more people have it on ABC easier to find but then the games just have to be better there were just so many bad games this fall where I don't think it mattered like they even flex Bill's uh, Steelers in the Monday night, I think at one point it was just like, what are we doing? Like these games are just, I, it's a combination of, there were a lot of bad luck with quarterback injuries, just a lot of franchise quarterbacks missed games. Like they had the Packers on primetime one night without Aaron Rodgers and Matt Moore on there. Like there was just a lot of dudes missed time and unfortunate uh, circumstances. But I think for Monday night football to really get back into its groove, they need better games and i don't know how many years down the line it's going to take for the nfl to give them better games than sunday night football because right now sunday night football is king and it's a better production i would just rather not mess with how good well, sunday yeah. football has been with collinsworth and al 
No, I mean, I definitely agree. It's definitely better. I just think uh, if you get the better announcers on there and then you get better games, like, you can conquer two of the three of those things. Like, maybe the production value, you can't really conquer that well. But, like, as far as the games that you pick, the NFL picks that. And then as far as, like, the announcers go, that's got to be on the, the network to make that happen. Like, maybe it would would need a change to get the, the better announcers and everything. But if you can get the two out of three, like, Monday Night Football, the ratings and everything is going to skyrocket just because it's just going to be better quality all around. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just don't see them changing that because that would mean the network giving away Monday Night Football loses revenue, and I don't think people are in the business of losing money. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, Tua got medically cleared this week for all football activities. Where do you think he should go in the draft? Which team in the top five would you like to see Tua land the most? Honestly, I'm not even going to go top five. I'm going to go two teams that I think are just the right place for the guy because wherever he's going, he's bringing his whole family with him. It's got to be Miami or San Diego. And I think Miami is the better choice because Brian Flores is kind of on that Bill Belichick tree, just like Nick Saban was. So, like, and Tua really knows how to thrive in that type of system and work with that type of stern and, and rigid coach. And he still knows how to be a bright spot in that. I think that's the best place for uh, for Tua. Hmm. I when I think about Tua and where the best, like I think the Redskins and the Lions are overthinking this. I think if he, unless you get like a RG three type ransom that the Rams got years ago, like there's no way I'm trading out of those those slots. But I just think about. Okay, what did you see from Haskins? Like, yes, he got better the last couple weeks before um, he got injured and all that kind of stuff, but are we sure that Dwayne Haskins is the guy? Like, are you sure? Because this is going to set your franchise either forward for the next 20 years or back by 5 to 10, depending on which way you go. And if you did, if you believe you did not see enough last year to tell you that, like, this guy can be a top 5, top 10 quarterback, you should go back to the well. You should be like, does Tua have a higher ceiling than Dwayne Haskins in or the building? Or you and could, or you could yes. wait. You could wait and get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but you're playing right now. You're just here. Like you, I mean, the Cardinals could have waited for another year and gone with Burrow this year, but they got Kyler last year. I think. Well, that would that would make sense though, because Joe Burrow was trash the year before. Like the thing about it is, well, no, what I'm saying, you, but there's always going to be a number one quarterback who comes in like. Every year we have somebody who stands out from the rest of the pack, like Kyler, yeah, but, Baker, whoever. But that guy has to be your guy. Like, you have to have conviction on that guy. Like, do I do think you are right. Like, and, and the fact that if Ron Rivera does not believe that's his guy, then he got to go. But <clears throat> that doesn't mean Tua is his guy. Like, I think Tua is going to be a bright spot in the league and stuff like that as long as he stays healthy. But. I mean, it's really a crap shoot unless you know that's a guy like, look what happened in Arizona. Like, they thought they had their guy two years in a row. It really ended up being the second time. Like, Cliff and Kyler were just a match made in heaven. So, you, you just got to find that. For you. Whoever that is, you just got to go find that. It's got to be Ron Rivera's guy, though. It can't be anybody else's guy. Yeah, and then the Redskins are in a weird spot because they've never hired another GM to pair with Rivera. They just they hired Rivera, and that was it. And uh, Doug Williams got reassigned. They don't really have Bruce Allen got fired. Wait, what did he get reassigned to? He has like a just a made up role in the organization where he's just getting a big check. Oh, that makes sense. 
yeah, I mean, it's they one can't, of those like black they, contracts they, from Dan Snyder. I mean, you can't fire him. Like he's the first black quarterback in the Super Bowl. It's it's, it's literally done. Like you're you're stuck. <laughs> like even if he's doing yeah, no, you're not. Job, he's never getting fired. Doing, but he is also not making football no. decisions as like the prime guy anymore. No, but I mean the thing is like he had a good team going. The the problem happened with like we we let off forget, but when. Alex Smith was a quarterback. They were going to win the NFC East by a landslide, and then they just got killed in injuries. But that team was amazing. It was big and fast up front and physical. They had a quarterback who didn't make any mistakes, and their defense was on point. They just had the worst luck I've ever seen in the league. Yeah, I just – I this is such a QB-driven league now that if you don't feel like you have a guy who can be a top-ten quarterback in this league for 15 years – then you should move on. I like the Giants. If Tua falls to four and you're sitting there like, yeah, we love Isaiah Simmons. He's a freak of nature. He'll be really good for us. But you know who doesn't win Super Bowls? Isaiah Simmons. You know who does win Super Bowls? A top five quarterback. And I I don't know. I just Did you see enough from Daniel Jones to be like, this is our guy for the next 15 years? Do you really want to sign up for Eli 2.0? Or do you want to try for something better and trade Daniel Jones or whatever? Give him competition and see what happens. I just think more teams need to get more bold and not like back themselves into a Blake Bortles like corner over and over again. I think we see too many teams just think that like this guy hasn't shown us enough, but he's also fine. So we'll we'll see what happens here. And then you end up overpaying for Cousins and Goffs and Andy Dalton's and people like that instead of just biting the bullet and being like, you know, what? we messed up the Bears. Another good example where they've wasted too much time on Trubisky. They should have been like, nope. Missed it after a year. Been like, nope, we are changing gears. And they're no, right like, out after, a little too long. After this last year, they should have, like, just kicked it off. Like, I, granted, you should give it two to three years. That's why I think Haskins has two more years. He doesn't have five. But, like, I do think you're right to a certain extent. But I think Gettleman, Gettleman has already decided Daniel Jones is his guy. They're going somewhere else in the draft. But that's that's another thing. It's like when people have strong conviction about who their guy is, they're going to make the guy successful. The reason yeah. Dwayne, I think Dwayne Haskins is going to fail just because they, they have to want him to be successful, but Ron Rivera didn't want the guy. Bruce Allen and them did. At hell, like his head coach last year, Jay Gruden, didn't even want which I think it sucks for that guy. It really does because I think he has a lot of talent because he was the one who beat out Joe Burrow. He's the reason Joe Burrow had to transfer, so I know he has talent, but you got to have somebody who wants to believe in you. I also felt that way about Josh Rosen. I was like, Josh Rosen can make every throw on that field. He's a little bit more stagnant quarterback. We've seen Tom Brady, who was the most stagnant quarterback ever, aside from Peyton Manning, win multiple Super Bowls. So I know Josh Rosen can throw the ball, but nobody has believed in him. Like you, they're just going to pop around. Those guys are just uh, they're just going to get lost in translation and pop around the league. It it kind of happens in college too. Like when the head coach and GM and all those things change. Like whoever that quarterback is, they're in they're in a lot of trouble trouble and baker really got lucky with the situation that they're going in he's lucky that he actually broke a rookie record otherwise he would be in somewhat the same situation as well where do you want to see tom brady end up uh retired but uh like uh Mm. yeah that would that would be the best i mean i honestly hate tom brady i have respect for the guy (laughs) but i hate tom and the fact that him and Peyton are friends just, just makes my life just suck. So, But uh, honestly, I think, from what I think about Tom Brady, I think of 
the overall, like your family, your wife, like everything like that, like life after football and stuff like that. And I also think like the chargers are, are a good spot for him as well. Like I think the chargers are just a great destination just for football. Cause I mean, it's LA, like you can't get any better than that. It's one of the highest markets. So it appeals to not only the TB 12 thing, it also appeals to his wife's brand or whatever she tries to do. And like, I mean, kids loving in L.A. and stuff like that. It's just it builds you up for life after football. So I think he could put that team over the top. They just would have to – they have a lot of cap salary space too. But um, So they could, like, fix some of their O-line issues. But I think Tom Brady would do well there. He can obviously do well in Tampa because they have a, they have a great situation going. Uh, I think they're probably the, the front runners right now. And uh, Tampa and for Brady? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talk about Tom Brady going to Tampa just because they have one of the best receiving cores in the in football. Like, they have a deep threat. They have a, a big guy who catches a 50-50. They have a speedster. They got a good tight end. They got some running backs that they're not paying a lot of money. They have a top-10 defense. Um, as weird as they had a top-10 defense over the last half of the season, they, they are in the running. And Tennessee, I think, would be the best place. It works out the best. Um, but Tampa's not a bad place just because our division is the division we live in is in such constant flux. Tom Brady can come in and really just take over because the Falcons have been awful for reasons I don't know. The Carolina Panthers can't figure out what's going on with Cam, and the only competition is really the New Orleans Saints. But we we really don't know how good Breeze is going to be in his old age. It's really just old guy versus old guy at that point. But the uh, the Tennessee Titans just seems like the best move, but. They can't keep Derrick Henry if they sign Tom Brady to a long-term, not long-term deal, but a higher-paying deal. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I just I don't I don't see the Buck stuff happening. Uh, I, I think they're changing gears, but I'm also very interested to see what they do post Jameis and what Bruce Arians really wants because Bruce had like this long-term fascination by Jameis, and that's like part of the reason he took that job anyway. And then he coached Jameis for a year and was like, "No, uh, I'm good." And I I don't think the Bucks would be a terrible fit for him. It just would look weird. I mean, I guess he could have like the Brad Johnson going away party uh, in Tampa. But for me, I guess I still want him to wind back up in New England and see that group just get revitalized and them just go splurge on a bunch of different offensive skill position guys and sign Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry and add Antonio Brown and add this guy, add that guy and see what they really do the last two years of Tom in New England. But then there's this other part of me of like, what if Tom was just like abysmal somewhere else? Like he signs with the Raiders and it's just God awful. And you're like, Oh no, this is, this is bad for his legacy because like, was it always Belichick? And was it always a scheme that allowed Brady to flourish? Because like Tom has to be very careful where he signs these last two years. And I, I wouldn't bet on Los Angeles. I wouldn't bet on Las Vegas. I wouldn't bet on Tampa. Like the only place where we just kind of know that Tom is going to exit the NFL gracefully is New England. Everywhere else is just such a big risk. I don't think there is one team that stands out from the rest outside of New England that you're just like, yeah, this team will protect him. He'll be fine. They'll have enough skill position guys. He won't look like father time just destroyed his career. Like I, Joe Montana was actually good that last, uh, that first year in Kansas city post uh, San Francisco, but then it was over pretty quick. I, I don't know. I just, I think if I'm Brady, I understand the the frustration uh, with last season and the guys they left you with, but I would ride it out. I would ride it out New England 
and uh, see what happens. I guess if I had to pick someone non-New England, if I had to go non-New England, it's San Francisco. That's it. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco has to, like, really happen, though. And, and I just don't know. I mean, like, I could see it happening because that's – I think that's home for him, him and Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I just yeah. don't see that one. I just don't see that one happening because I think they are with Jimmy G, despite what's really been happening. Well, I have, like, a whole load of opinions on the whole Jimmy G thing. So that's 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 why I'm based on it, but – I think I really think like quarterbacks if they when they go somewhere else they can make stuff happen. I think Brady's that kind of guy. It was never really about talent. It was more about the work ethic thing. And Bruce Arians is a coach who's had good success with older quarterbacks. Like you saw what happened with him and Carson Palmer. They almost went to a Super Bowl. So I mean, and then with John Gruden, I mean, he's had famous success with older quarterbacks too. So I mean, there there are places he can go and make it happen. I mean, it's it's I don't think. I'm not as hesitant as you are. I think he's going to be good as long as he picks a place that can protect him. And all these places have good receivers and like that way faster than what he has now. They just need to get him in ASAP so he can learn that system and get that going. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating. But either way, I want to see him sign somewhere. I, my gut's telling me Derek Carr ends up in Tampa and Tom Brady remi- remains back in uh, in New England and Jameis winds up in Vegas. That would be my guess based on no inside info. That is what my gut's telling me. And Tyrod's under center for uh, Los Angeles on opening day. That is my gut. I mean, John does love, love Jameis. Like, John loves Jameis a lot. Which I, It would be very, very different than uh, the Derek Carr experience. Yeah, because I mean, he—I mean, the thing is, he's going to run it. He's going to gun it a little bit more. Like, I mean, well, obviously, he's going to gun it a lot more. A little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He... <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the fuck I just said that shit like that. Like, he—he's a—he's uh, going to throw that shit up. Like, if you want the ball, James is coming. Like, he got that shit. But uh, I mean, I just don't think New England is there anymore. They're always—they're literally talking about how these talks with Bill Belichick isn't—they're not going well at all. So he would have to take a massive pay cut from what he wants. And I think right now it's more about the respect factor. And I think it's, uh, he's also setting things up for guys after him. It's just like, Hey, like if they don't have to respect who most, some people see as like one of the greatest of all, the greatest of all time, like why would they respect anybody who comes after him? Like it just opens up the floor for something that I don't think is good for the league at all, but it's just giving ownership and, and, front office more power than it really needs to and i think uh i think brady's already decided he's gone i don't i don't even think new england's in play anymore hmm. we'll have to see i i don't know until it happens i'm gonna be like no i'm gonna hedge uh until it actually uh comes to fruition but are you uh, a boston fan no that's the, that's how every boston fan i know is acting they're acting like this isn't happening like when your parents divorce like that's how they're, they're acting <laughs> right now they're just like, no, I, I think there's a chance. Like, dude sold his house. No, it's still happening. Like, Bill Belichick said he's not going to make him like a high paid quarterback. No, it's still happening. Tom Brady is talking about he has no idea where he's going to be. It's still happening. I'm just like, bro, like, how many writings on the wall do you need to see before you like, hey, Tom? I, I need him to actually sign the paperwork with another team. That's what I need. What about the Julian Edelman thing? When he's just like, no, he's not. They were at the Syracuse game together. 
Like last week. Yeah. What does that mean? That they're friends. I'm not him concerned. And Payton, him and Peyton are friends. They live on the opposite sides of the country. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Until it happens, I'm not. I'm not going to go there. Right. This uh, denial thing. You got to. You got to let that shit go, man. Like, just pick another place where he might go. Just join in on fun because it, it ain't Boston. I can't. Boston. Boston's not that tight. I don't know why people love Boston so much. I think he's uh he's he's gonna stay. Um. All right. Also, I don't think Billy Jones is gonna stay either. By the way, I think he does because I don't, don't have I, a better option this year. What are you gonna do? Sign Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, this is, the, this is the this is the biggest free agency of quarterbacks that there has ever been in football. So like, what, you can Tannehill? go pick them. Mariota. No. It's not a great group. Philip Rivers. I mean, you can go Teddy. You can go Tannehill. You can go Andy Dalton. You can go Stidham. Like, I think Bill Belichick has a huge ego, and I think he wants to prove that he can win without him. And uh, I think he's trying to showcase that next year because that's what everybody does when they move off these old quarterbacks because they truly believe in their heart, mind, and soul organizationally. That they can win without that guy, and, and they they're usually have, they wrong. Won. Uh, no, they weren't. I mean, San Francisco wasn't wrong, and you brought up that one. They won a Super Bowl. What do you mean? They, tr- they, I mean, they still got Steve Young. That was like, yeah, they they lucked into Steve Young. Who, like, I guess New Orleans is trying to do that flex with Taysom Hill once Drew Brees retires. But like, that's not going to work out. By the way, I'll see that work. Yeah, they no, need, I they I'm not a big fan. Yeah, but like, I'm just going on. I'm just talking about the ideology, like. They think they can do well. Like, Indianapolis thought they were doing well until Andrew Luck said, I don't want to play football anymore. Like, they literally had what they thought was the heir apparent. But, you know, sometimes things don't life work out. But, fast. Yeah, life does come at you fast. I mean, they had Drew Bledsoe, and then uh, he went down, and then they ended up getting one of the best quarterbacks ever. So, you know, Bill Belichick, I think he's just really confident. And literally every quarterback that he trains and leaves goes off and becomes a starter. So I think there's a certain level of ego that he thinks, like, any guy I train is going to be good. I just got to show you guys. Maybe he's right. Maybe Jarrett Stidham, former Auburn great Jarrett Stidham. Uh, if if Jarrett Stidham is good, that shit is going to be crazy for Bill Belichick's legacy. But I don't think that's going to be guy. I think it's going to be like Andy or Teddy or some shit like that. I think it's going to be Tom Brady. Um, I hope it's Duncan. <laughs> uh, this has been great. We dusted the cobwebs yeah. off, I believe is the expression. Um, I appreciate uh, the time, and uh, we will be back in uh, back in business very soon. Sounds good, bro. All right, see you around the house. Bye. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, if you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, it helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, you can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Um, for as little as $5 a month, it helps the show keep the lights on. So that would be a great help to me as well. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. You could go to ChaseThomasPodcast.com, which has all of my stuff, all my episodes ever, um, links to everything that you need, um, and all of my writing that uh, I'm doing fairly often these days um, on the NFL, on NBA, on college football, on pro wrestling. I write about everything. I write a lot. Um, so go read me on that front. So if you're not tired of listening to me, you can also read me. Um, so that's awesome. But uh, I think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode. Uh, I hope you continue listening. That would be great. And uh, I will talk to you all again very soon. Thanks, guys.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. For the ones standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.